13 times in the New Testament, Jesus told us, do not be deceived regarding the end times. 13 times. You think Jesus is trying to make us understand something? He said, don't be deceived, but watch. Watch and be ready. You know why? God wants us to get excited about the day and hour we live. He doesn't want us to be, folks, there's nothing to be, if you're a child of God, if you got Jesus Christ in your life, there's nothing to be afraid of. The devil shows up and said, you're ugly, and your mama wear combat boots. Just talk to him. Oh, I can't talk. Sure you can. You got more authority than he has. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. So, we're going to talk about the rapture. And in your notes, the title of the sermon is simply, The Rapture of the Church, Could It Be Soon? And what I want you today is, I'm not showing a bunch of slides. I've got one video at the end that we're going to show but I'm not showing a bunch of that stuff because I was, I was praying and I was saying, God, we've been showing all the end time stuff. We've been showing all kinds of stuff. Next week, you don't want to miss it because I'm going to talk about the mark of the beast and the Antichrist. Yes. And I'm going to bring you into the scripture. I'm going to bring you in today and almost give you the guy's address. Yeah. Pastor, do you know who he is? Nope. But biblically, I know where he's coming from. Yeah. And I believe... I believe almost without reservation that uh, he's actually in power today. Things are already setting up. Folks, I don't... Could it be soon? I hear the door knocks. And I say that respectfully. I say that humbly. I'm not telling a day or an hour. Don't have a clue. Okay? I would not, you know, uh, pretend to know. But I do know the signs and the times. God, in his word, and I want to start out with this very purposely. It's not in your notes, but it is in mine. God specifically warns us against ignoring end times prophecies. Let me say that again. If you're here today and you're of a fearful persuasion, seeing all these things that are coming upon the earth, the Bible says you don't have to have fear. Just have faith. There's nothing to be afraid of. If you're a child of God, you're born again, you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and you're living for him, there's nothing to be afraid of. Just have faith. He warns us over and over not to be ignorant and not to ignore 
the hope of end times prophecies. First Thessalonians 5 says, Do not douse the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. You notice how your pastor always tells you, don't take my word for it. You know why I go through the struggle and the labor of giving you those notes? I want you to go home and check yourself. I love you. I, I want you to trust me. I want you to believe what I'm preaching because I am preaching the truth. But you're not getting to heaven because you come to this church. You're not getting to heaven because I'm your pastor. You're not getting to heaven because you happen to be somebody that, that lives at this point in time. And you're, you're getting to heaven because you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why you're getting to heaven. So as much as you love me, as much as you trust me, test all things. Hold on to that which is good and avoid Everything that is evil. Thirteen times in the New Testament, Jesus told us, do not be deceived regarding the end times. Thirteen times. You think Jesus is trying to make us understand something? He said, don't be deceived, but watch. Watch and be ready. You know why? God wants us to get excited about the day and hour we live. He doesn't want us to be, folks, there's nothing to be, if you're a child of God, if you got Jesus Christ in your life, there's nothing to be afraid of. The devil shows up and said, you're ugly, and your mama wear combat boots. Just talk to him. Oh, I can't talk. Sure you can. You got more authority than he has. You do. He come knocking on your door. Don't just swing the thing open and invite him in. Open your peephole. Say, oh, hold on. Jesus, somebody's here to see you. Satan doesn't want us to get excited, folks. He doesn't want you and I to be excited. Because he knows if we get excited, the rest of the world's going to say, what are you excited about? And you're going to start telling them. All the stuff that is going on that is exciting you. Satan is the master deceiver. He wants us to believe his deception than, rather than the signs of the times preceding Christ's return. And he will deceive so much so that he'll steal that expectation out of your life. Yes. The rapture is an event that I believe with total certainty will happen in the very near future. Jesus will come and catch up, which is where the church gets the word rapture from, and I'll explain that in a second. From the earth, they'll return to heaven with him. And the scripture is very clear about this event. But the thing that perplexes the church is the timing of the event. So from God's word today, and with some very... Strong and simple, sound reasoning. I want to prove to you that the rapture is going to happen before Amen. the tribulation period. How many think that would be pretty cool if you get out of here beforehand? Amen. I've told people for years, I'm not looking for blowing up, I'm looking for going up. First Thessalonians chapter 4, if you've got your Bibles, open them. i actually been threatening to not put the scriptures up on the screen anymore. And make you bring your Bibles and make you look for them. Oh, you got my notes, so. Okay, I'm not going to put them in the notes either. No, I'm just kidding. 
1 Thessalonians chapter 4, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. And I want you to notice, I don't know if I underlined it in your notes, but I want you to underline it. With the trumpet of God. And the dead will raise first. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we are that are alive and remain, we will be caught up. There's that word rapture. We will be raptured together with them. Who? Those that have died already in Christ. Their bodies are in the ground to meet the Lord in the air. And therefore, listen to what he says. Comfort one another with these words. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says it this way. Behold, I show you a mystery. Look, look at me for a second. There's nothing natural about the supernatural. The mystery that God's talking about is that you and I are going to be instantaneously transformed, miraculously lifted into the heavenlies by his glory. Listen to what he says. We shall not all sleep. Not everyone is going to die. But we will all be changed. Now you say, Pastor, the Bible doesn't, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, it's appointed that a man wants to die, and after this, the judgment. Listen to me. We will mysteriously, miraculously be transformed from life to death to life instantaneously. In the moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Therefore, we won't face the natural death that we look at, at this point. Let's go on. In a moment, in a twinkling of eye, and I don't know if it's underlined in your notes, but if it's not, do so. At the last trumpet. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For the corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality. Why am I emphasizing the last trumpet? Remember what the video we showed last week? All around the world for the last 11 months or so, they have been hearing sounds all over the world. Atmospherical sounds that nobody can put their finger on. Nobody can explain. Oh, they try to explain them away, but their explanations are kind of... Yeah, <laughs> for that word. But their sounds, and majority of folks said it sounds like trumpets. How many listened to it last week? Kind of sounded that way, didn't it? Sound like horns. And I don't say this, thus saith the Lord. But the Bible says very plainly that the earth is groaning. The sun, the stars, the moon, the heavens are groaning. Looking for the redemption of God. And all of these sounds that are transpiring worldwide, could they be the prelude to a catastrophic event that will be established with the trumpet? The last trumpet. Blast. And let me share something with you. In the rapture, the only people that are going to hear the trumpet are the Christians. The second coming everyone's going to see. The rapture, just the Christians, are going to listen. They're going to hear. That's why God says, watch and be ready. The word rapture, in your notes, 
comes from the word caught up, translated from the Greek word harpezo, which means to snatch up or grasp hastily. The translation, this is how they got to the word rapture. The translation for harpezo to rapture involved two steps. First, harpezo became Latin, became a Latin word, which was raptus. The second stage was raptus was translated into the English word, which became rapture. So when people tell you, well, rapture is not in the Bible, sure it is. You can take them back and, and blow their minds. And, well, I want to take you back into the original language. Okay, don't do it that way. In your notes, what confidence can we have about the pre-tribulation rapture? Well, very simply, the scripture. Very simply, the scripture. From Genesis to Revelation, and I'm going to try to take you very synoptically and very quickly this morning into some prophetic verses and give you the understanding that you probably just scratched your head on any time you read them. So you can see how this is all going to transpire. Are you ready? Here we go. When we search the scriptures and read passages describing the Lord's return, over and over we are told we don't know the day or hour. Look at Matthew 25, just one place. Watch. You don't know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man is coming. Yet what I want us to do is look at this. Look at this from Genesis to Revelation. This particular passage in Revelation 12 that gives us some great clarity of understanding. Petra is a city in Jordan. Now you can go back and you can look at the back of your, your Bibles. A lot of you had Bible, Bible maps back there. You'll find the city of Petra. It is in a place called Jordan. Because what I want to do this morning is I'm not looking at the signs and the times and all this stuff. I'm giving you a timeline to show to you the rapture has to happen at the beginning of the tribulation period, or if it was not, we could figure out the exact day of the rapture. And the Bible says no man knows the hour or? Pastor, can you tell us the hour? No, but I can tell you the day, and if I could tell you the day, then that would make this not true. Am I making sense? Okay? So what I want to do is take you through this passage, and I want to take you through several passages. In your notes, I left it in there, because Revelation chapter 12 gives a picture of the entirety from creation to the return in a synoptic version in six verses. What we see here is the fall of Satan, the birth of Christ, and the tribulation testing and deliverance of the Jewish people, all in six verses of Scripture. Are you with me? Let me read. And I left in your notes, I left in parentheses, what these different uh, symbolisms, if you will, actually mean. Then I witnessed in heaven, Revelation 12, I saw a woman. That woman is Israel. Clothed or birthed from the word clothed means to be birthed from the son. What is the son's name? Jacob. What did Jacob's name become? Israel. Are you with me? With the moon. Who was the woman that, that, that Jacob loved? He had other uh, wives. He had other children. He had all kinds. But the woman that he loved completely 
and forever was the name of Rachel. Here's the representation. The sun is Jacob. The moon is Rachel. Beneath her feet is the crown of 12 stars. The 12 stars represent the patriarchs, the 12 sons of Jacob, who the 12 tribes of Israel are named after. How many are with me so far? Okay. I don't want to lose you in the mix. This winter, uh, Gary Fox, you still have that DVD, don't you? Bethlehem. We're going to probably on a Wednesday night show an incredible video, or not video, what do they call it these days? DVD. Yeah. It's called The Star of Bethlehem. And it takes us on a journey in, in, uh, in uh, what do they call it? They call it a, uh, a docudrama, is that what they call it? A great great journey that brings out some of this stuff to light and you see, so when we get ready to do that i didn't even ask you if i could borrow it can i borrow it okay good yeah gary let us borrow it so are you with me so far <coughs> israel is the woman birth from the sun which is representation of jacob and the moon which is a representation of rachel beneath her feet of the crown of 12 stars with its jacob's 12 sons or the patriarchs the 12 tribes of israel on her head she was pregnant. Now listen, remember from the foundation of the earth, Jesus was the Son of God to come forth, to be crucified, to pay the price for sins. She was pregnant. Who? The woman. Uh, Israel. She cried out with labor pains for giving birth. Then I witnessed a large red dragon, Satan, seven heads and ten, th ten horns, and the seven crowns on, uh, on his head, uh, his tail swept away one-third of the stars of heaven. That's talking about the third of the angels that fell when Satan rebelled against God. Remember I told you we're going to go through this thing. We're going to talk about the fall. We're going to talk about the birth of Christ. We're going to talk about the tribulation period. All in these six verses. So we see the birth of Israel. Jacob becoming Israel. Now we see the birth of the redemption of Israel, which is the woman being pregnant, Israel being pregnant, giving birth to the son. I'm getting ahead of myself. The stars of heaven fell, a third of the stars fell. That was Satan deceiving a third of the angels that fell down, and they came down to the earth. No, they were not set out in oblivion somewhere. Folks, the Bible says they're the prince, that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He is the ruler of all of this stuff. He is called the God of this world. How many remember last week? Okay. Am I doing okay? Are you with me? Am I losing you? Say amen. Say. Okay, good. Good. Satan, he, stood in front of the woman, Israel. The woman represents Israel. Remember? She was about to give birth, ready to devour the baby. Remember when Jesus was prophesied 700 years before he was born? The Bible says there was a man in power. Remember the king's name? Nobody remembers his name? Somebody help me because I forgot too. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar, who was it? Come on. Who? Herod, thank you. Huh. Just wait till I get as old as, old as Gary. I'm going to forget lots of stuff. Oh, poor Gary. I'm picking on him today. Remember Herod? The wise men show up, and he pretends to want to worship the king, so he sends them out and said, please, show sign. And the Bible says of the cry... 
of, uh, uh, of uh, Rachel was heard through the world because he killed every baby two years old and younger? Every male baby? Why? Because that was the time frame? Do you see the picture, how it's getting drawn out here? He stood in front of the woman. He sent the messenger Herod to do this devastating work to devour the baby who is the Messiah as soon as he was born. She gave birth to the son. How do you know it's Jesus? Who will rule all nations with an iron rod. During the, during the uh, millennial reign, that's what Jesus will rule with. An iron scepter. Her child was snatched from the dragon and was caught up to God and to his throne. The woman, Israel, now we're talking about the tribulation period, specifically a certain time in the tribulation, fled into the wilderness, into Petra, where God prepared a place for her for how long? 1260 days. Exactly three and one half years. So this is the midway of the tribulation when Lucifer sets up his throne, the Antichrist sets up his throne in the temple declaring himself to be God. 1260 days from that event to the return of Christ. We say, okay, pastor, that tells us then. Well, how do we know the event beforehand? I thought you wouldn't ask. Daniel chapter 9 in your notes 2 Thessalonians in your notes, he said he will set himself up and declare himself to be God at the midway point of the tribulation period, the seven and a half or three and a half years. In Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, then for one seven, one section of seven years is what is talking about. He, the Antichrist, will forge many and strong alliances. In the original language, it says he will draw up a fake, a false peace treaty between Israel and the nations of the earth. And this is what this passage is talking about. He will sign a peace treaty, but halfway through, he'll banish worship and prayer, and that is when he sets up the abomination of desolation in the altar uh, of the new temple at Jerusalem, and he will call himself to be God, and the Jews will realize we have been duped, and they will all leave to Petra. 1260 days before that, the Antichrist will sign a peace treaty. So 1260 days after that, Jesus Christ will return. You put those days together, you got exactly seven years. You can predict the exact day of the Lord's return. And he said, no one knows the day or the hour. Are you with me? Some say the tribulation is really going to be only three and a half years because the first half is going to be relatively peaceful. Well, folks, I, I, peaceful or not, I don't want to be here. The Jews know because they know the prophecy. They're going to realize that Jesus was the Messiah. They're going to come to grips and they're going to flee and they know they have exactly 1260 days to work, or to wait. Therefore, the day and the hour scenario doesn't work. If the rapture happens anytime after the beginning of the tribulation, then we can figure it out. Because the Bible gives great specificity 
of that time. The rapture of the church comes before the tribulation. We just looked at it in Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. Uh, 27 and actually another passage here, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verse 2. Let me read it to you. I didn't put it in your notes, so you can actually go and look at it if you'd like. 2 Thessalonians 2, 2. He says these words here. He said, uh, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus and our, our uh, being gathered to him, we ask you, brothers, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy, report, or letter that said he's already returned. For the day of the Lord has not already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, because that day will not come until the falling away of the church happens first, and the man of sin is revealed. Are you with me? Genesis chapter 5. Or actually, then the end of the tribulation is Revelation 19. We see that where Jesus returns to the earth. Roughly seven years from Daniel 9, 27, 2 Thessalonians 2 to Revelation chapter 19 before the Lord returns with his church. This truth is established from the very beginning of scripture. Let's go back to Genesis. I'm going to take you once again into some scriptures that usually are not easy to understand, but I'm going to try to make them very understandable today. Genesis chapter 5, the Bible says that Enoch walked faithfully with God, then he was no more because God took him away. Now I want you to follow very specifically. I'm going to do a lot of just reading from my notes because I don't want you to miss this. Genesis 5, Enoch is taken away alive. Alive. Genesis chapter 6, God says, my spirit will not remain with man forever. Genesis chapter 7, seven days, we're talking about the tribulation period, it's in your notes, from now I will make the rains pour down on the earth. Seven days from now, he said, I'm going to cause the annihilation of the world till I have wiped all earth of the living things I have created. Noah did all the Lord commanded. Listen to this. He accepted the plan of salvation. What was God's plan of salvation for Noah? An ark. Build this ark. Trust me. It's never rained. They aren't anywhere near water. And God says, build a boat bigger than anyone has ever seen. He said, okay, God, I don't understand this, but I accept it. We explained salvation in our Wednesday night class a couple weeks ago. I don't understand it. Confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, and I will be saved. For with a heart man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. God, I don't get it. Well, 1 Corinthians 1 says God chose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Why do I got to go to church? He said, I chose the foolishness of preaching to grow those people. Are you with me today? Seven days, I will destroy the earth. How long is the seven, the tribulation? Seven days from today, I'm going to flood the earth. Seven days represents the seven years of tribulation until I wipe everything. 
Noah accepted the salvation. He went on board the boat to escape alive. Picture of the rapture. To escape the flood. The picture of the tribulation. Just as God commanded. In seven days, he destroyed the earth. Do you guys see the picture? Hebrew tradition holds that Enoch was born on the sixth day of Sivan. The Jewish Hebrew uh, month of Sivan. And tradition holds that he was taken by God on his birthday. Well, let me take you into today. The sixth day of Sivan is the day that we call Pentecost. The day the church was born. Enoch has always been typified as the type of church of the church. It was Enoch in Jude chapter 3 it's recorded gave the very first end times prophecy of the Lord's return talking about the church leaving before the tribulation period. Amen. Let me read it to you Jude chapter 3 or Jude verses 3 through 7 and then 14 through 19. Jude is writing, Jude, one of the Lord's brothers, James and Jude were the two physical brothers of the Lord that we read in the, in the scriptures. The book of James and the book of Jude were written by the Lord's brothers. I had eagerly planned to write to you the salvation that we all share, but now I find that I must write something else, urging you to defend the faith that God entrusted once for all to his holy people. I say this, and look at, look at it in your notes, because ungodly people have wormed their way into the church saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. Does that sound like the world today? Does that sound like the church today? A lot of churches just winking at things because, well, hey, it's the world we live. And it's God's grace. God's grace is sufficient. That's not what God's grace is all about. Let me go on. I want to remind you that Jesus first rescued the nation of Israel from Egypt and later destroyed those who would not remain faithful. After 40 years, the only people that went into the promised land was Enoch, or excuse me, Elijah, oh, Jacob and Joshua and Caleb. I'll get it there. Joshua and Caleb, the only two. Even Moses didn't get in the promised land. He said, those that would not remain faithful so the picture, the Bible says, watch and be ready. Remain faithful to escape. And I remind you of the angels that did not stay within their limited authority. We talked about the Nephilim, remember? God gave them, but they left it. They left that place where they belonged. And God has kept them securely chained in prisons of darkness, waiting for the great, for the day of judgment. Remember when you see that? The day of judgment is talking about the great tribulation, how God is reserving them, and the Bible talks about as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. The Bible talks about those being released from the bottomless pit to torment the earth. How are we doing? Don't forget Sodom and Gomorrah, their neighboring towns. 
filled with immorality, immorality and all kinds of sexual perversion. I destroyed those cities by fire. And I used them as a warning of the internal fire of God's judgment. God placed a rainbow after Noah's day and said, I'll never destroy the earth again with water. The next time it's going to be how? By fire. Enoch, who lived, who, who lived in the seventh generation after Adam, prophesied about all of these people. He said, listen, the Lord is coming with countless thousands of his holy ones. Talking about the end of the tribulation period when Jesus comes back with, with myriad of his saints to do battle and to wage war at the place called Armageddon. Remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ said. They told you in the last times there would be scoffers. Folks, this is Enoch prophesying. The symbol of the original church, the birth of the church, prophesying in the last times there will be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their own ungodly desires. These people are the ones creating divisions among you because they follow their natural instincts because they don't have the spirit of God. Now I know I shared a lot, but let me summarize it for you. Look at the order of things we just talked about. Enoch was taken alive from the earth in Genesis 5. Then what happened? Then the Holy Spirit was left only as a drawing and a covering to a, uh, for the people of the earth that could be saved if they would be saved. And because the power of the Holy Spirit was drawn back, it enabled man's behavior to become unbearably wicked in Genesis chapter 6. See what he said? I will not, my spirit will not remain with man forever. Then the judgment came. Genesis chapter 7. Enoch was taken out alive from the earth. Behold, I show you a mystery. In a moment, in a twinkling of eye, we shall all be changed. We shall not all die. The dead in Christ will rise first, and then we that are alive and remain will be snatched out, will be raptured. Enoch was snatched out of the earth. The Holy Spirit is left only to draw people unto God because the Bible says no man can come to the Father except they come through the Son. No one can come to the Son except the Holy Spirit draw him. And then God's judgment came. As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. The church will be snatched out of the earth. The Holy Spirit will be left as a drawing to those that would come. And then judgment will fall. Do you see the picture? As it was in the days of Noah. Is anybody getting excited? The rapture is going to happen. I see what time it is and I just got started. I'm going to do something I haven't done before. I'm going to finish this sermon next week. Is that okay? Will you guys be okay with that? I got too much to talk about. To, I want you all to know that you know that the rapture is happening yes, before amen. the tribulation. Amen. And I got too much to talk about. 
Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.